0: The Opinion Line on
1: Cork's 96FM. Now, you may have seen uh, the Upfront program with Katie Hannon a couple, of Monday night weeks, a couple of Monday nights ago, where they were discussing the Women of Honor campaign. And on that program, there was an interview with Rosalind O'Callaghan, a former uh, soldier, them um, who has described being raped when she was just 21 years of age, and she was a, a private in the army, and she was raped while she was on her first tour of overseed, overseas duty, and Rosalind gave an emotional interview with Katie Hannon on the television. She's from Cork. Um, Gave gave an interview, a very emotional interview, a very powerful interview, which I've watched a couple of times now, about how it all happened and the investigation that was or wasn't carried out and and why she decided to speak out as part of the Women of Honour campaign. Um, I'm delighted to say that Rosalind O'Callaghan joins me now uh, to chat a little bit more about this and uh, Rosalind, it's, it's good to have you on the opinion line this morning.
2: Good morning, PJ, and thank you for having me on.
1: It's a very brave decision you made to go on the television with Katie a couple of weeks ago. You first spoke about this in confidence maybe two years ago. What prompted you to waive your anonymity now?
2: Well, PJ, um, I suppose I can truly say I was never invisible or nameless, but I was silent in the group, because I, because when I reported what uh, when I that I was raped in 1998, um, I was Roslyn, Private Roslyn O'Callaghan, but I suppose to answer your question, why have I come forward now? I suppose and not back two years ago was shame was a big reason, PJ. Um, I, I did not reveal my experience of rape um, I suppose now however PJ I have found I suppose I found in myself the moral courage and the bravery to tell my story and I have the support of a lot a lot of people um, known to me and unknown to me and I have the support of my husband, I have the support of my family, and I have the support of the Women of Honour PJ. Yeah,
1: and they're an impressive bunch of people. I've had the opportunity to speak to a number of them.
2: They are an incredible, brave bunch of women who've had their own um, experiences um, in the military, and um, we're, we're good friends now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a good team.
1: Rosalind, you always wanted to be in the army. I think that's fair to say that. So, so we'll start there. What what attracted you to military life first?
2: Yeah, um, I've been around military people since I was born. PJ, I come from um, a very pro military family. Um, my mother's father, my grandfather, and two uncles served in the army, based in Balintollig, and. Um, We're going back a while here now, but uh, I suppose the military for me was a traditional place.
1: You felt a natural draw to it.
2: Oh it was yeah ever since I was from the age of 9 I always wanted to be like my grandfather and my uncles you know and of course my mother and my father and my my grand my my nana and you know my aunts were like this one like so 9 years of age wants to join the army you know but I did it I did I carried, I, I I I did it I um I didn't go for cadetship I went uh, for uh, uh, as a recruit and I did the training and um,
1: and you loved it
2: I loved it yeah no it wasn't easy hmm. believe me it was not easy because um, we would have been the second platoon where there was women um, in 98 and and there wasn't many of us um, but we, women serve for the same reasons as men you know um, PJ for example you know it was a patriotic duty it was a family tradition um, it was steady paycheck, and at the end of it, there was a pension after twenty-one years.
1: So, so there you were, young, new to the forces, your your dream job, doing what you'd always wanted to do since you were a little girl, and then you went overseas. And I think what happened happened at a party, was or after a party, you'd had too much to drink, as any young person can. Your colleagues, I think, brought you back to the base. And what happened after that? What do you remember after that?
2: So we came back in, uh, in a SISU. So what a SISU is, PJ, is a large armoured vehicle that carries troops in the back of it. So I remember getting really, really sick into my issued Green Army bag. It's a small Green Army bag. I was so, so sick because I actually can't hold alcohol when I'm drunk. I, I do get really, really ill and, you know, I get as they call it, the helicopter spins and the room was going around, everything was going around and I just couldn't stop vomiting. So anyway, we we disembarked from the Sisu. I remember the girls holding me up. I remember thinking oh no, I'm going to be in big trouble in the morning because uh, you know of my condition. Anyway, I was brought to my um, quarters and by the girls, my friends, and they couldn't open my bedroom door because there was a there was always a fault with the key and I was the only one that could manage to open the key, the lock. They couldn't that night and they were trying to, you know, look after me at the same time keep me up. So directly across from my room, not even two, three feet directly across the corridor, um, I was put into my friend's room and um, I'm told that I was put to bed, fully clothed, and with my shoes, uh, my my footwear taken off.
1: Just to let you sleep it off. It happened to it could happen to anybody. You had too yeah, much to I drink, put, and they put you away yeah, to sleep it off.
2: Yeah, and and I was safe, and they all left me. And the girl that I that um that whose room I was in you know, made sure I was okay as well. And she decided that she would go to the closest bunker. So what a bunker is, is that where it's an underground shelter where you go, if you come under fire or come yeah. under attack yeah. and there's phones in there where you can phone. Well, there's one phone that you can phone home. So she, she was phoning her family and, um, I don't know how long she was in there. um,
1: What's the next thing you remember?
2: Um, I remember waking up um, to a man on top of me and kissing me. And I can remember my bottom clothing been taken off my shorts been taken off and my underwear been taken off and I remember then this man having sex this man raping me
1: he he would have known that you were in no condition to consent to anything
2: I was completely intoxicated PJ Um, I I was completely out of it due to drinking alcohol and I'll, I'll admit that I was 21 years of age
0: Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4 e models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
2: Um, the perpetrator knew this as he saw what condition I was in. Did you know him? I knew him to see. Mm-hmm. I knew him as a senior non-commissioned officer. I knew him from working in the camp, but I did not know him personally. on a mean. personal level. I know what you mean? Because I was a private, so a private is the lowest ra- recruit,' is the lowest rank and then a private. You do not associate yourself with a higher rank, you know?
1: A senior NCO be so far, far removed from from private, you, you, you'd you'd pass each other in the yard, and and they might issue yes. an order. That'd be the level of it, like yeah, 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 that that that's it, PJ. When you woke up the following morning, what did you remember, or did you remember anything?
2: Um, I was aware. No, I wasn't aware. I was unsure of what happened. But I was trying to piece together what I could ap- actually remember. But I knew my situation was suspicious. And I suspected that I may have been raped. And then I quickly realized I was raped. Um, um, but before, I suppose before that, I woke up and... I, I was naked from my stomach down, and my bra strap had been opened, and my white top was still on. And I looked around the room, and I was in a kind of not in a, yeah. a healthy position, you know? I mean, and
1: you You knew something was terribly wrong.
2: Yeah. And I saw my friend, She, I was in her bed, so she was on the ground. And I put her bathrobe on me and I went across to my room and it bloody hell, couldn't I open the lock, you know? And I went in and uh, all thoughts were going through my head. Did that happen? Am I right? Uh, you know, am I imagining this? No, I'm not imagining it and uh, what am i going to do could i you know happens if i'm pregnant uh where do i go how 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 do i report this
1: you must have been terrified we is that was terrified is that a fair description
2: yeah uh terrified uh, unsure what to do will i report this won't I reported, but he's wrong, I'm not.
1: You did report
2: it. And I did, I reported it straight away. I went to two superior officers, yes.
1: And I think that initially you felt they treated you well.
2: They treated me very well, they did. They were very uh, understanding. Um, I had to explain my, what the circumstances and that the female officer said, Rosalind, do you want to name him? And I said, I have to name him, uh, you know, and she said, you know, I need to say this and you probably don't want to hear it or else you probably realize it, Rosalind, you have been raped. And that's and that's when when someone else says it to you, you know, because you've told them what had happened. And... <sighs> The light went out, PJ. Yeah. The light went out and my soul left my body. And I I think I, I was in a state of shock. <sighs> um I, I I like I struggled from then on in.
1: Yeah, you named him and there was a disciplinary hearing. Correct.
2: Okay, so um, I initially had to go off base to civilian Hospital because <laughs> they weren't prepared uh, for my situation. They had no rape kit on the base, so I had to be. It had to be planned, and of course, as you know, as as any rape victim. Um, time of uh, is of essence when it comes to you know um, uh, what what sort I'm looking evidence, for evidence for evidence yeah. you know for physical evidence. Um, so I had to be taken off and taken to a local hospital because they didn't have the rave kit on the base, and I was sedated for that journey. But I I kind of still remember it was an awful journey, and um, that's another degrading part um, for any a woman to go through is that test, you know, all those tests, those swabs, you know, um, those photographs. Um, So, the medical evidence came back um, negative. There was no physical injury. But you must remember, PJ, I wasn't able to fight. I was uh I describe it as, a, as a, I knew something was happening but I couldn't fight and I couldn't stop him i I I described it this is typically a very superstitious person so I I describe it as um an outer body experience I, I felt there was someone an angel someone looking over me telling me Rosalind wake up there is absolute, there's absolute just something happening to you wake up mm-hmm. and um I just, I couldn't fight, I couldn't stop him and uh, I was helpless, I was helpless in the bed, I was, he took over control, he knew, he knew my vulnerability and he knew that uh, I was going to be his target. Um, I think he left the room and I think he came back and I remember him saying, Ross, 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 I just want to talk to you, please. Yeah.
1: Oh, so he tried to speak to you afterwards?
2: Yes, yeah, I remember that, yes. I told him, go away, leave me alone, in a raised voice, leave me alone.
1: He he was never really disciplined, was he?
2: The Army will say, uh, the military, Department of Defence, Defence Forces will say that a thorough investigation was carried out. And that... Uh, there was no evidence to suggest that uh, this man had raped me. I disagree with that. I still disagree with that. I will always disagree with that.
1: Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Rosalind, I want to take a, a short break at, at that point. Um, I know we've more to talk about. We want to talk about the investigation. Um, there was a disciplinary hearing too. We'd we'll talk about that. We're going to go back to the investigation. Rosalind, such as it was at the time, because you you don't have any faith in it do you?
2: I feel that the investigation has been flawed since the start Um, I put my hand up I reported it and the day of the disciplinary action a few weeks later I was marched in in front of the colonel And I was stood right beside him, Peter. There wasn't even a foot, half a foot between us.
1: Right beside the man who had raped you.
2: Yes. (sighs) Yeah. And um, the colonel was just about to proceed with the, the charges. And I said, sir, I need to say something. And I said, sir, that man, and I pointed at him I, that man raped me and the colonel said that is not the issue Private O'Callaghan."
1: that is not the issue
2: that is not the issue here would you like a seat to sit down and I said no and he says you can go you can be you're, you know you're dismissed and uh I went out the door and I broke down into the female officer's arms, and I said, "I, I, I need to go home. I want to go home. I can't take any more."
1: That is not the issue here.
2: That's not the issue here. There was going to be no rape charges. Not that. Not that it didn't happen. I know it happened, but there was no evidence to suggest that that man raped me. <sighs> So he was charged He was charged for being in a female's room and engaging in sexual conduct with a, with a private and he was fined three days pay of £175 and given a severe reprimand. Now a severe reprimand really meant nothing PJ because I was told that he went back overseas maybe a year and a half, two years later
1: yeah i i i come back to that cuz he did it again i think you found out later but you you came back home you went to yes. the guards and with the best will in the world they couldn't do anything why
2: no um i gave a full statement in to the to the in, in the west cork division and <sighs> Because it happened outside of the Irish jurisdiction, nothing could be done with this man. Even though I was representing the Irish military and the UN.
1: And and I always thought, Rosalind, and from my limited knowledge of things military, that an overseas base is deemed Irish soil.
2: Yes. I Am I right I. there? But yes, yes. Well, I would say you're right. I would say I'm right. But the legal system doesn't say we're right.
1: The man who did this to you went back, like you said, to overseas service. You you found out since that he later attacked someone else.
2: Yes, in 2016, I was contacted by another lady who served in the military. Um To say that she had been raped by the same individual who raped me in similar circumstances. I was actually devastated. I felt tremendous guilt for this lady. I felt responsibility for her because her life is ruined now as well and not only that but if I had been taken seriously the military would say I was taken seriously Mm -hmm. but I wasn't no
1: now that the women of honour report is out Rosalind, and and I read it what I was able to read of it it's stomach churning stuff and I say that as a layman and as someone who's read a few shocking reports in my time it's stomach churning stuff what are you hoping and what are the other women of honour hoping will happen now? There have been calls, for example, for files and reports to be handed to Gardi that new investigations might start. Do you think there's any hope justice will be done for anybody?
2: Well, offenders need to be held to account by strong and effective justice system PJ Um, I can tell you uh, through the FOI I looked for my investigation file and I was refused On what
1: grounds it's your file?
2: Uh, They just didn't give it to me PJ They said um, not granted I've I've had a hard 23-24 years PJ I've had two suicide attempts which I'm not proud of. Um, but I was in a dark, dark place in my life.
1: I don't think anybody would blame you for a moment.
2: Um, I, I now have s- severe PTSD, but I'm managing it at times. Um, but I'm living for my kids. I'm living for my children. And I'm living to give them the best life that I can.
1: Are they old enough to understand what happened to mom?
2: Yes, I have a 19 year old daughter and a 17 year old or 16 year old son. And, um, they're the two, and I have a seven year old daughter, but the older two are the kids that would have seen the effects of the trauma throughout the years because I suffered in silence. They saw the pain but they never knew what was wrong with me. Of course. I could never enjoy the simple things in life with them, PJ. I barely remember their upbringing, even though I gave them, and my husband gave them a fabulous upbringing. (sighs) But I was a very numb person. Like when it came to Halloween, I couldn't enjoy Halloween. When it came to Easter, I couldn't enjoy Easter with them as the little, you know, when it came to, uh, Christmas you know I was just I was just there showing a brave face but I couldn't give them that enjoyment
1: All of those things were robbed from you and therefore from them
2: Yes exactly like I was disor- disorientated from everything I was I, I just felt hopeless PJ There's
1: theres no justice system can give you that back
2: No I must say um, I got help from the West Cork Mental Health Services. I have to say that I have been looked after since the first day I, I met with them and I can't thank them enough. I can't thank my, my therapist enough. Um, I spent nearly four years with them on a weekly basis.
1: Rosalind, to finish, um, first of mm. all, may I say that you're an extraordinarily strong human being. Um, to be able to do this and to come out and speak publicly. Have you taken, I'm looking for a word here, have you taken any satisfaction from finally having spoken in public?
2: I have because I hope I can encourage other survivors, other victims to come forward, PJ. To know that you're not alone. That your truth will be heard. We will be believed. And see, this is about victims' voices to be heard. And they need to know that they don't have to suffer in silence anymore. And that anybody can contact me in any way they can. And I will listen. But I hope that the public statute inquiry will start the process of healing for the persons who have suffered within the Defence Forces system PJ
1: It has been a privilege to hear your story Roslyn thank you
2: Thank you PJ thank you and I hope I hope um, I hope I can help other people out there
1: I think you have done just by speaking to us
2: We have a voice PJ Mm Mm-hmm we cannot be silenced, and we need to be listened to.
1: You have a good day. Thank you.
2: Thank you, PJ. God bless.
1: Thanks, Rosalyn. Some story, isn't it? Uh 96 96 96, and she's just one of the many women of honour who are finally telling their stories of what happened to them. During their service in the Defence Forces. And look, there are many, many great people involved in our Defence Forces. There always were, there are, and there always will be. But the idea of this Women of Honour movement is to root out the bad stuff. Quartz 96 FM.